0: Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of The School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session.
1: Good day, good morning, good evening. Thank you for joining us for uh, this week's episode of School of the Holy Spirit. This message is, I believe it's part 16 of our Wisdom Field Warrior series, where we've been talking about the supernatural call of God's sons and daughters in this day and age to do the supernatural. And so we've been talking about the equipping and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, the anointing that the Lord gives us all to do the supernatural, to not be mere men, not to literally fit in with the culture and society, but literally to stand out as a burning one. Amen. And so I hope you've been kicking the snot out of the devil. Um, We've been talking a lot about literally picking a fight, realizing that uh, a lot of what you think is normal everyday life and, you know, normal heaviness or depression or whatever you, you struggle with, um, that that's not really just you, right? That's, that's the demonic. And that's like the wake up call, like, all right, how do I get my weapons? How do I kick the snot out of this thing? And how do I begin to live in the dominant force that Jesus called me to? And then step into what you're really called to do in life. Amen. And so an important element in this process of awakening is not just your gifting, but truly becoming who Christ has destined you to be, right? We've we've talked a lot about the books that are written about you in heaven. We've talked about the reality that there's this identity and this destiny um, that the Lord has for you that he spoke about before the foundations of the earth. But then there's this thing that you're born into, that this world um and the forming of you in this world, in this, you know, this prison, this limitation, this lie, right, this matrix. And um there's an important element um in the growth process that I want to focus on today. You know, I focused a lot about really the... <clears throat> The anointing and the awakening, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and people literally beginning to step in and use their gifts. Okay, but you can use your gifts and never enter into your real identity. Um, and so we want to we want to make sure you're solidified in the fact that you can use a gift at any time, like right now. Um, if, if you receive the gift of prophecy, if you receive words of knowledge, if you receive healing, you can actually right, you know, immediately people get baptized in the Holy Ghost and they can immediately go use their gift. If you have the courage and the fathers and mothers, spiritual fathers and mothers who can coach and lead you and literally encourage you to do, to do it. Um, but there's, a, there's another thing that's very important in the awakening of your true identity and you stepping in to your true identity. And uh, I want to focus on that today because um, your growth process, undoubtedly, if you embrace these spiritual concepts and these relational dynamics that I'm sharing with you, particularly the concept of praying in tongues and um, realizing that. The, the, the whole kingdom is connected in the anointing and the embrace of the spirit life, the the, the Holy Ghost equipping of you. If you embrace that, um, you are destined to uh, literally grow in the anointing and grow and, and um, have what you really are unveiled be- before your eyes, right? The Lord will not keep it from you, right? He, he actually, he awakens a person's heart. And then there, there's different levels of testing uh, in the awakening process. Okay. And so um, I want to talk today about Jesus uh, and his call to carry the anointing uh, to the world involved a desert season, right? And if Jesus had a desert season, um, that means, guess what? You will have a desert season. It's not if you will. But the desert season is not about something you did wrong. It's actually about something you did very, very right, which is you started to believe. You started to embrace prophecies, dreams, and visions where the Lord began to reveal your true destiny, okay? And as an example, I'm going to walk through Jesus going into the desert, right? Jesus was actually um, not really concerned about the devil. He was actually led into the desert to pick a fight with the devil because the Holy Ghost decided it was time to go pick a fight with the devil. Okay. And so if you follow, if, you are, um, if you've if you been baptized in the Holy Ghost and you are hearing the Holy Spirit, um, the Holy Ghost will teach you how to fight by taking you to the desert. All right. And that may be like a shocking thing to hear, like you know a lot especially those of you who grow who are in the denomination um you know like like um the word of faith denomination, the word of faith movement doesn't have an answer for struggles right um you know a lot of a lot of a lot of their answers whenever a person is struggling with sickness or or disease or struggling with um you know just a troubling time they say well you don't have faith you need to read your scriptures more or you need to work harder more when in reality they don't actually have an explanation for a desert season to realize that you hold on to something no matter what right it's not you're not proven by how you appear you're proven by what you hold okay let me say that again you're not proven by you know, conquering the world and having the highest place in the church or the highest place in the organization and looking the best um, in terms of how your life is going. That's not how the Lord works. The the Lord tests hearts in desert places to see if you will hold what He has spoken when there appears to be no need or no reason for you to hold it. Okay? Okay. And 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 so the the it, it's a diabolic parable, so to speak. Okay, it's twofold, and what I mean by that is, if you think you're in a bad place because the devil is assigned to attack you, you're right. If you think you're in a bad place because the Lord might be promoting you, he led you into the desert. You could be right. The reality is, the Lord actually whistles up the demonic. He actually picks a fight with the demonic when it's time that your heart has grown in the anointing that you are ready to endure and hold on and believe and not give up the anointing for anything, right? Because how does the kingdom reproduce? The kingdom reproduces in the parable of the sower that the seed is planting it in the heart, the vision, the dream of the Lord, the thing that you have decided to believe and hold on to that no matter what, this is what you are. Satan comes, right? He tries to make the heart unfruitful. He tries to scorch it with sun. He tries to put weeds and, and choke it out. And he does all these things so that the seed will not take root and reproduce. Why? Because Satan fears somebody who holds on to the anointing, the very thing that comes after and hunts the anti-anointing, the anti-Christ, right? We talked about that, that uh, the anointing is what reproduces in the kingdom. That and, and the anointing is literally the voice, the presence of the Lord speaking to you, right? And so as long as you hold on and do not leave go, you will multiply. But your time of testing will prove whether or not you hold, okay? It's not like a guy just calls you up and prophesies, um, and let, let me explain the difference for that. Um, when I'm working with new people and I'm praying for people to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, and you know, n- notoriously, you know, if if I'm if I'm working with thirty or forty people, they're all being baptized in the Holy Ghost, and uh, people are starting literally within minutes getting visions and starting to prophesy. That's my gift. I I impart that. I um, I'm, a, I'm an equipper. That's what I. That's what I do. And so. Um I see this I see this happen all the time. People get awakened and suddenly they're flowing in the gift of prophecy or they're they get words of knowledge or gifts of healing and these these gifts of the spirit are working. okay those are gifts. Your identity will be proven over time when the Lord begins to speak to you about your identity and not just using a gift okay I don't know if that makes sense to you, but you can use a gift and the nine gifts of the spirit in first Corinthians twelve Anytime. Whether you're in a desert or not in a desert, you can use the gifts of the Spirit. But your identity being revealed and you carrying the, the anointing that is unique to you and your calling of what you really are in Christ and your deliverance, your healing and all your personal awakening in the Lord. That's something that Satan fears in your identity and he comes to steal it to try to keep you from becoming who you really are so that you don't progress in the anointing. OK, and so I want to jump into I want to jump into the supernatural um, <clears throat> war, because uh, you're going to you're going to see this uh, this war where Jesus was led by the Holy Ghost in Luke chapter four um, into the desert. It's very similar To the deception that we talked about in Acts 16, where the slave girl, the demon working in the slave girl, the spirit of Python, used truth to try to deceive Paul into simply saying, yeah, you're right. And not being able to discern the Python spirit, the demon behind trying to imprison and control Paul. Right. And so that same thing is working when Jesus is led into the desert um by the holy spirit when it's time to pick a fight with the devil right and so in luke i'll just start reading here in luke chapter 4 verse 1 then jesus being filled with the holy ghost returning from the river jordan led by the holy spirit into the wilderness into the desert being tempted for 40 days by the devil and in those days he ate nothing and afterward when he had eaten he was hungry and the devil said to him if you are the son of god command this stone to become bread. So immediately he's attacking his identity, right? He's attacking, he's attacking, Satan is whispering and attacking the fact that Jesus was just uh, covered with the, with the oil of the Holy Spirit. The dove lands on him and the voice comes out of heaven. The very, the one thing that is spoken by the father that says, this is my son, Right. He's the father was identifying Jesus Christ as the son of God. And immediately um, Satan comes to try to pervert Jesus into proving himself. Okay, And he says, if you're really the son of God, you're, you're like this miracle worker. Go ahead and turn these stones into bread. And Jesus says a very interesting thing back to him. He says, uh, G- Jesus answers and says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. The word word there, guys, guess what is the word rhema? He's saying, I don't live. He's a- He's actually saying this. He's saying biblically in scripture, you can identify that those called by the Lord live by the voice of God. The rhema of the Lord is where faith comes from. I don't need to prove myself to you, Satan. I don't need to turn these stones into bread. I am the son of God because my father in heaven spoke the words to me, revealing to me what I am. I am the son of God. Okay. And so the point of this guys is a lot of people teach this section of scripture, um, very superficially and with a denominational, uh, tilt. And they always think that their warfare and word of faith is famous for doing this. Um, they use scripture for warfare. And I'm here to tell you, if you take anything away that I'm teaching you is that scripture is not your source of, it's not your sword. Scripture is Scripture. It's previously documented, breathed words of the Lord. It teaches you. It reveals things to you. The Holy Spirit speaks to you through things. But until it becomes rhema, until something becomes living in you that the Lord has spoken directly to you, okay, Jesus was living from the what the voice spoke to him. He said, I am the Son of God because my Father in heaven directly spoke to me Whenever I was baptized in the Holy Ghost, okay. When I started this book, I referenced in the pref in the in the uh, uh, introduction, I referenced the fact that on the night that I was baptized in the Holy Ghost, the prophecy spoken over me was that I was a Gideon hiding behind walls, shaking in fear, and the Lord was equipping me in the power of the Holy Ghost, and I would one day awaken the army of the Lord, okay? That was spoken to me in 2005 on the night that I was baptized in the Holy Ghost, prayed in tongues, heard the voice of the Lord as he spoke to me all night long and revealed to me that there was a call on my life, okay? And so I have been tested in that and I'll share share some of that here later on in our discussion. But the point being is, Satan isn't afraid of your scripture knowledge. Scripture knowledge will not lead you into a desert. Are you with me? Scripture knowledge will not lead you into a desert. But once you hear the voice of the Lord and you have an identity with a calling on your life where he literally has spoken something to you and he's testing your heart to see if your heart will hold on and become, regardless of whether there's anything around you that would reaffirm what you are. There's nothing around, right? There was nothing around Jesus in the desert other than the fact that Jesus heard the Father speak. And Satan was so fearful of Jesus' heart holding on to what the Father said that you are my son that Satan said he was testing him, right? He was seeing if he really believed simply that he was the Son of God or if he agreed to try to prove that he was the Son of God. And Jesus discerned that he didn't have to prove anything. He heard the voice, right? So the key point of this is it's not the fact that it's written. A lot of people point to, well, Jesus Jesus was regurgitating Scripture. Jesus was using Scripture to to go to war. That's not true. Jesus was referencing the fact that Scripture points to the way you wage war is with the voice of the Lord. Those who know God, walk with God, And those who walk with God walk with the almighty power of of heaven on earth. And they don't need to rely on what was said of old because they hear the voice of the one who walks today and speaks things into existence that do not exist. They never existed. They actually speak. Right. And so when the Lord sends me. To India and these different places, and I'm standing and I'm prophesying over people. I'm not standing up there trying to convince them philosophically Jesus is real. I'm standing up there, and I'm saying this is what the Word of the Lord is, and I'm prophesying to them, and people weep, and they cry, and a hundred people here, a thousand people there get baptized in the Holy Ghost, and their lives are changed because there was an impartation, okay? And that's what Jesus is doing here. He's actually saying, I live by what is released out of heaven and I get to impart, which is the rhema, the anointing. Right. And that's how Jesus demonstrated his walk every day. He walked on the earth from the time he was baptized in the Holy Ghost and he comes out of the desert. And when he went into his ministry, the Lord, the the Father, the the Holy Ghost comes and says, "Today we're going to the woman at the well. Today we're going to the to the woman who's been bent over uh, for for eighteen years. Today we're going to blind Bartimaeus. Today, and so the the Holy Ghost was proving Jesus in the desert." that Jesus was ready to walk in the anointing, to carry the anointing, knowing that it was the anointing that Satan feared, because it was the anointing that can walk through the walls of a man's heart and reveal their true identity. They can, you know, the, the, the word of the Lord can heal a person, awaken a person, cast a demon out of a person, right? That's the anointing. And so if you can literally... And I'm, t- I'm talking to the religious folk, okay? I mean, I know, I know that, that, that the sinner is not going to be listening to this. The people who have been in church at some point, sometime in their life, in various denominations, the hardest thing for me to do with you is to get you to lay down whatever degree of Bible worship you follow and truly worship the living God. And grab hold of the anointing. Hold the anointing and become what he says you are. Expecting to hear in dreams and visions and prophecy. And he makes you supernatural. You cannot make yourself supernatural by referencing and regurgitating written scripture. Okay? Only the voice of God, the anointing coming upon you from heaven is what makes you supernatural. And Jesus is pointing to Satan in this, in this response saying, I live by the voice. And if he told me to turn the stones into bread, I would. But I don't answer to you, Satan. I speak according to the vision of the Lord. Amen. And that's what made Jesus supernatural. That's what lines up with the parable of the sower, the one thing that re- can reproduce in the kingdom. Okay. Amen. Amen. I mean, if if you can wrap your mind around this, I mean, 90% of the church doesn't get this. And because they don't get this, they hold the Holy Ghost in a, what I'll call a disproportionate connection piece or option in the church. And they maintain their denominational, historical, powerless forms of Christianity referencing scripture as the centerpiece when they should be embracing the Holy Ghost as a centerpiece, the one who has the power to raise the dead, heal the sick, cast out devils, and equip people to do supernatural things that have never happened before. That is the centerpiece of the church. That is the centerpiece of the believer. That is the one thing that can make one man an army with God. Are you with me, guys? Amen? And then I'm not going to get into this too much deeper, but in the rest of uh, this description of Jesus in the desert, Jesus responds two times, um, also referencing it is written. And I want to stress the point that he's not saying he wins because it's written and he can reference what's written. He's referencing what's written to discern the lying voice of evil who, again, is trying to tempt him who's trying to give him power who's trying to give him uh get him to worship uh satan right and G- jesus is saying again i don't need to be i don't i i discern that you're a liar satan i discern that you're a liar i know enough to know that you are a liar and you are not the voice of the holy ghost and therefore i don't bow to you i don't uh rely on you in any way. I don't have to prove myself to you. I've heard my father's voice and I live by the rhema, the living voice of my father in heaven. And that's what makes me supernatural. Amen. And so back to the parable of the sower. If you can understand, Jesus said, if you understand this parable, you understand the kingdom. Go read it, guys. Go read it again. It should be so embedded in you that you literally are like, oh, my gosh. I I understand that Scripture can teach me. It can help me. But it is not my teacher. The Holy Ghost is my teacher, right? The Holy Ghost is my teacher. He's the revelator. He's the healer. He's the one who speaks, the one who gives dreams, the one who casts demons and reveals demonic strongholds and curses that need broken in my life. Amen. It's the one thing that that can reproduce it. And Satan fears it. Satan fears a person holding on to the anointing, the voice of God. Amen. And so it says that Jesus came out of the desert after he was proven, after he held on to the seed that reproduced the kingdom, right? After he held on to the anointing. It says he come out, verse 14, he comes out in the power of the Holy Ghost. And immediately he taught, right? Immediately he went into the synagogue and said, the spirit of God, the anointing is upon me to heal the brokenhearted, bring sight to the blind, set the captive free, right? Right? and he was declaring that he came to destroy satan's work he came to overthrow the the lie and the false representation in the synagogue he came to confront the pharisees and call them dead man's tombs whitewashed literally sepulchers uh, vipers they are their father the devil they are a complete fake a misrepresentation that forces people to achieve scriptural compliance instead of knowing the holy spirit right and jesus said you're fake. Just like Satan, you're fake. Even though Satan knew scripture and tried to trick me in it, you're fake. Just like him fake. I don't care how much Bible knowledge you are. You know, when I, when I, when I get into these debates with people, I don't care how much Bible knowledge, you know, I will always know more than you because I know the Holy ghost, unless you know the Holy ghost and then we're alike. okay. If you are Holy ghost dependent, you you and i were alike but until you are holy ghost reliant and you think you are you are better or achieved or showed up and arrived because you're a scripture you can reference scripture better than anybody you can um talk about scriptural reference better than anybody that's a, that's fake that's a liar okay and i guess the other thing i want to emphasize here is this that It's not seminary that confirms you in your call. It's not ministry school that confirms you in your call. You know what confirms you in your call? Is when you are baptized in the Holy Ghost, and you hold on to your anointing so strongly and so profoundly that you search the Lord out in the night season. You hear his voice. He speaks to you. He says you're going to do this. He reveals your purpose, your call, your identity. He talks to you about it, and then he takes you to a desert place to prove you, right? Not because you did something bad or it doesn't really, you know, seminary school doesn't matter. I got news for you. I didn't go to seminary school, but the Holy Ghost taught me Bible scripture for about six years. I I can regurgitate the book of John. I can regurgitate literally different parts of the New Testament, the book of Revelation, um, the book of Isaiah. I mean, the Lord purposely in what was appropriate and pointed to my call and what I was going to be doing. I mean, there are scriptures that he actually took me to and taught me his way. Okay, but he's he's my teacher. But more connected to it is the vision and the dream that he gives me that articulates. I've shared a lot of these with you, the owl and the eagle dream. Right. Um, There's a there's a lot of dreams and, and visions that the Lord takes me to heavenly encounters that are very long where he gives me specific information, specific detail Right. Because we talked about the, the, that knowledge is not worldly knowledge. It's it's spiritual. Knowledge is spiritual. Paul said, I pray that that you would know him beyond mere knowledge, that you would know the real God, that you would know the real living Holy Ghost and not just know about him in the scripture. That You would per- per, yeah, personally witness, personally encounter him in your prayer life. Amen. And so this way of life, and that's what this really is, guys. This is, a, this is a way of the Holy Ghost, a way to release the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost in your own life. And then once you've been proven in your life, then you go do it with with, with the others, with the rest of the world, wherever your calling takes you. Amen. All right. Amen. So um, I want to talk uh, in our last section of today's discussion about waging war with prophecy. Okay. Paul actually instructs, um, Paul actually instructs Timothy. He says in 1 Timothy 1.18, I charge you, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning the concerning you that by them you may wage the good warfare so what are prophecies prophecies are the direct voice of the lord prophecies are what the lord reveals through another person to a particular individual whereas dreams and visions um, are dropped directly into the heart of the individual okay and so I encourage you to embrace your prophecies, but I encourage you even deeper to embrace your visions and dreams. OK, I probably have I'm going to say 50 to at least 50 to one dreams and visions. than I have prophecies for every one prophecy I have that I've written down. I probably have fifty at least 50 dreams or visions that have a lot more articulate detail, um, impartation, visitations in heaven. Um, Just all kinds of stuff that are literally imparted to me, which are supernatural power, right? We talked about the direct voice of God being the dunamis, the dynamite, uh, the the thing that literally blows up the darkness is the dynamite. And so it's, I want to, I want to spend a few minutes walking through the concept of waging war with your prophecies, with your dreams and visions and prophecies, you must wage war, okay? Not only should you pray in tongues, um, because tongues is, is bypassing the limitations even of your soul, okay? Tongues is your spirit mixed with the Holy Spirit praying through you, okay? It is the perfect will of God as we talked about. But in addition to praying in tongues, you should also pray by waging war with your prophecies. So I want to dig into this um, a little deeper because it's extremely important because it's how the heart confirms it holds on to the seed when there's no reason to hold on to the seed. Okay, and so the one thing I want to um, explore deeper is Ephesians 6 verse 10 and 11. Um, and of course, just to just to review Ephesians 6, we, we went into this pretty deep, but there's there's a deeper thing we're going to go in today. The one last section I want to show you about Ephesians 6 and the concept of war and warring for your destiny. OK, we talked in Ephesians 6 about, you know, Paul says, finally, my brother, and be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. He talks about putting on the whole armor of God. Um, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, against principalities, powers, ruler of darkness. So our war is against the demonic. Um, but he points back to everything that I just spent the last 20 minutes talking to you about. He points back in Ephesians six, verse eighteen, he says, Um, he talks about putting on the armor, which is the Rhema, right? The vision of the Lord, the dream, the prophecy. And he says, he, he, he says, um, take with you the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, the rhema, right? And what that actually means, what I taught you before is the rhema, what he speaks to you, it is your helmet, it is your shield, it is your, uh, your sword, it is your breastplate, it is your feet shod with the gospel, it is your belt of truth, what the Lord speaks to you is all your armor. It actually covers you and protects you. It is both offensive and defensive, right? And we've talked about the defensive side of of holding um, in the war, but I want to talk about the offensive weapon, the sword, right? The Rama is is all of your armor, but in, in particular, one most powerful use of the sword um, it's extremely important that you understand how to wield your sword, your rhema words, offensively. Because like I said, the seed, the seed is what reproduces and Satan fears it. Why does he fear it? He fears it because when you begin to speak it, you become it. Okay. and This is what I mean by this. Um, let's just get into some of the Greek uh the greek uh, words described in ephesians 6 10 it says finally my brethren, be strong the word strong there is the word dunamis you know that's the dynamite that's the power that is contained inside the seed be strong in the lord and the power of his might okay the word power in this instance is the word iscus which we're going to get into deep here today because you need to understand the word iscus his might, the the word might there is the word kratos. We've talked about kratos a lot. That's like that's like under the authority of Christ because He spoke it to you. He's given His authority, His exousia to you, and when you speak His words outwardly, the dynamite uh, and the authority combined. That's the kratos of God. You are literally speaking as God Him Himself. Okay. And you may say well that's that's ludicrous that's sacrilegious to say that you're speaking as God himself if he gives you his vision you're speaking as God himself and so the understanding of Kratos just like when the Lord spoke to um when, when the Lord spoke to Moses and had Moses go stand in front of the most powerful uh demonic entity on the earth Pharaoh right um he the Lord told Moses whenever you go as you stand in front of Pharaoh, you are standing in front of him as God, as me, right? That's, that's Exodus 7.1. You are standing in front of him as me, as God. I am, right? The I am is there, right? So Moses was under authority to carry the dynamite, releasing the judgment of God upon a nation, Okay. As a, as a man called, as a woman of God, as a man of God called prophetically to do a mission. When the Lord sends you to a place, you are under his exousia authority, right? To release his dynamite when you speak. His kratos power, the same power that when we go back to Genesis and it says that the light was spoken in the darkness. The darkness had no ability to respond. It could not stop the light. The light overpowered it, Right? And that's what prophecy is, and so the word that we introduce today is the word iscus, that's woven in the understanding of Ephesians six ten. And the Lord is saying that if you embrace the iscus, all of this power, all this dunamis, this kratos, this ex, 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 uh, exousia authority, will be released into the situation. So, what does the word iscus mean? Okay. The word ischis literally means to prophesy the power and authority given to you out of your own mouth, out of your own, off of your own tongue, right? Life and death. The book of Proverbs says life and death is in your tongue. Okay. And so what is connected to your tongue? Jesus actually said this, for out of the mouth, the heart speaks, right? So why is that scripture important? For out of the mouth, the heart speaks. Because Jesus wants to know what's in your heart. Satan wants to know what's in your heart. You are taken to the desert to know what is in your heart. Are you getting the picture, guys? When it's time, when you have held on to the vision, the dream, and the prophecy, and you have actually prophesied it out of your mouth, you have actually prophesied the fact that you are called to do this that you will do that that you are not this and and that and that demonic false identity is no longer because the lord said i am this and i'm going to go do that and that comes off of your tongue i'm talking days weeks months and years there are prophecies um that when i was baptized in the holy ghost that gideon prophecy that the that the lord spoke to me on the first night i was baptized in the holy ghost i prophesied that for years i am a gideon i am called to raise the army of the lord i will awaken people to do spiritual battle i will awaken people to cast out devils heal the sick and and i would go on for for <laughs> a long period of time, confessing with my own mouth, prophesying what the Lord spoke about me because it was buried deep in my heart and there was nothing that Satan could do to keep or steal that seed from me. It was given to me by God and it was my birthright to actually release it off of my tongue, to release it into the earth realm and declare what the Lord says I am. And as I did, as I continued to, it created, it released power, it released ability. And Satan, when it was time for the battle, which I'll get to here in a minute, um, Satan did everything in his power to come steal the seed. So my question to you is, do you practice Iskis power? There's a big lie in the church. And this is why people don't pray and people don't value the seed. The, the, the dream, vision, and prophecy, the direct voice of God. Okay, there's a fallacy that says, "Well, and this this happens in a lot of charismatic churches. Well, let's just put that on the shelf. If you get a prophecy or you get a dream and people don't understand it, um, let's just put that on a shelf and we'll just let it sit there and." That way we don't have to discern whether it's real or not. We don't have to discern and ask the Lord questions. We don't have to pursue the Lord in prayer. We don't have to knock on heaven's door. We don't have to actually invest our time in it. We don't actually have to put our heart into it. Are you getting a picture, guys? But for those who actually believe that God actually spoke. And if you fully don't understand it, which is oftentimes the case, okay? When the Lord speaks, he often is starting a conversation that forces you because he hasn't shared everything. He forces you to ask more questions so that you invest your heart. And whenever he answers you, then your heart grows bigger and you ask more questions and he answers and your heart grows bigger and you hold on, your heart becomes muscular to hold on to what he has said to you because you know you have converted with him about it okay and your heart grows to such a manner as you begin to believe it right what did you G- when, when jesus rose from the grave what's the one thing he confronted in in the in in the disciples their lack of faith they didn't believe because they had no rhema their hearts were not filled with rhema life with life-giving supernatural authority and power that comes from the voice of god okay and if you're shaken in fear because you don't have a path, because you haven't heard Him, it's because there's a reason. You don't have faith, okay? You need to hear God. You can't create faith on your own. Faith comes by hearing. Romans ten seventeen. Faith comes by hearing the rhema, the voice of the Lord. He is the one who imparts out of heaven supernatural strength. And when you hold it, Your heart becomes strong as you begin to profess and proclaim and prophesy his words. You actually become, your heart literally becomes his words as you invoke the power and authority of it coming off of your tongue, right? Jesus said, life and death are in the power of the tongue. And he also said, for out of the mouth, the heart speaks. The heart speaks. You know what my heart speaks? My heart speaks what the Lord spoke. And I am destined to fulfill what he has said. Amen. You get the picture. So the challenge to you guys is to gather all of your dreams and visions and prophecies. If you you don't have a prophecy, email me. (laughs) Email me. Hunt down prophetic guys. Get prophecy. Hunt prophecy down. You should have a prophetic group of prophetic group of people that you interact with and you share the dreams with the Lord. You share the visions of the Lord. You share your prophecies and you talk and prophesy to each other the prophecies and you become strong. That's what a real church is. That's what a supernatural church does. Together, your hearts grow in the supernatural. Right. It's not about gathering together as just coming and singing kumbaya on Sunday. It's about a mission. So let's just, let's just, uh, your assignment this week is to write a war plan, to actually put all your, put all of your, your dreams, visions and prophecies, the key punchline, statement of each one and you begin to prophesy them out loud. You begin, literally begin to declare, this is what the Lord said I am. This is what he delivered me out of. This is what he's taken me into. You, whatever he has mapped out in your life, you begin to speak it and you watch your heart become so powerful in the Holy Ghost People ask me, why is it that when you walk into places, why when you prophesy, why when you begin to preach and people demons start screaming out of people and and stuff, because I believe I believe I literally have prophesied my prayer life in the morning, I pray in tongues, probably let's say 80% of the time. And when I'm not praying in tongues, I am prophesying the previous things that the Lord has spoken over me. I am actually intervening in warfare. I am entering warfare before I actually need to because I know that when it's time to take me to the desert for my next promotion, for my next repositioning, that I am already ready because my war plan is already being spoken into this earth and, this, and Satan is afraid of what I'm about to become that's what that's what a desert is it's it's about the revealing of the sons of God of what you really are it's about what you are to become you are being proven by the lord in the desert it's not that you did something wrong it's not that the devil is greater in that place it's the voice of god that you hold in your heart that is greater than the devil amen and that's what is that's where the authority of christ grows in your heart Whew. Hey, man, sir, I got to take a breath. And so in 2011, um, I want to tell you a quick story um, to illustrate this point because um, there is no circumventing a desert, okay? I couldn't have signed up for ministry school or for any type of, uh, you know, church, whatever. I couldn't have signed up for something to substitute the desert, okay? when the de- When the Lord is going to prove you to launch you, He takes you to a desert to reveal you in a place that nobody else can get credit for where you are face to face with the devil. And the only two that can converse interact is, is you and the devil and you respond by, by decreeing what the Lord has said to you, releasing iscus iscus power is the only response that, that drives Satan away from you. Okay. And so in 2011 a prophet called me out of a, a group of people and he said these words. He said a man from uh or he, he said these words, uh the devil is afraid of what you're about to become. Okay? And shortly after that time the whole, you know, international calling and and going to the nations and all that started to come to uh the forefront um and in the midst of all that uh you know, I'm having dreams and I'm prophesying what I'm dreaming. I'm prophesying the fact that I'm going to be standing in front of thousands of people, even though I had never stood in front of thousands of people. OK, I stood in front of churches. I've used my gift in front of churches up until that point. But I never, ever not. I, I mean, I rarely stood in a pulpit and preached at that point. All of my stuff was um, small group, 100 people. 100 people or less type of ministry doing spiritual gift impartation and awakening to the prophetic and casting out devils. Up until that point, I had never in my wildest dreams even thought it was potentially possible to stand in front of 10,000 people. Okay, And after this prophet spoke these words and saying the devil is afraid of what you're about to become. And there were some other things in that prophecy, but the punchline was that I was going to become something that the Lord was going to unveil, reveal something that did not exist before. And I started having these dreams of standing in front of thousands and thousands of people. Okay. Um, And little did I know that the Lord himself, not the devil, but the Lord himself was going to strip me from every False reliance, every false relationship that I depended on, and it didn't mean that I didn't love people or people didn't love me, but the Lord will maneuver and and separate relationships to distinguish himself as your God in ways that you could never achieve by honoring more achieving more serving more in a church doing anything relationally okay my experience is the Lord actually strips those false sources of power from you so that he can reveal himself as your true god and you become reliant on the holy ghost so he can send you into the darkest places of the earth without dependence on a man uh, a church group a body or anything else when you become holy ghost dependent you can walk into the darkest places on earth knowing that you are with the holy ghost and this is what i mean by this guys within uh, a few a few short months I mean the sequence of the Lord stripping me from my connections, my relational reliance, in churches and different things. Um, within a few short months, I was moved to Pittsburgh. And when I was when I was in Pittsburgh, um, you know, I get moved into another church. I I, I, I get brought into a church. They recognize my gift, like supernaturally recognize my gift. Within a matter of weeks. I'm standing in front of this church and prophetically ministering and doing different things like I was in the other church. Um, But, but little did I know, but that the Lord was setting me up because within a few months of that, literally um, as I started to minister the gifts of the Holy spirit, I literally was booted out of this church because of um, it wasn't in the Lord's plan. My season with the Lord was to be with him. And I misinterpreted being moved so that I, you know, could fulfill or achieve what I thought was supposed to be achieved. And so the Lord strips me. I get kicked out of this church. That gets that gets broken. I get uh, relocated again. I get moved back into another church. I got kicked out. I Well, kicked out isn't the right word. But I got severed from the relationship in a second church. Um, and during this whole time, over about 18 months... Uh, this presence of evil would come upon me so heavy, uh, that I thought I was losing my mind. Okay. I, I, I felt tormented. I felt extreme anxiety. Um, and it was just a period of time that all you can explain it as it's a desert, right? And I definitely do not want to give Satan credit. I believe it was the call of God. Okay. Anytime that you receive the true prophecy of the Lord, the true vision and dream, he is going to strip you of everything that identifies you in the old situation. Not that that was a bad thing, but he has got to strip it off of you. And in the process, he proves your heart to believe the new thing as you fight your battle against the evil foreboding, the heaviness, the the junk and the whispering, right? I mean, I, I heard whispering in that season of demons and seeing demons. I my, my my visionary gift. I mean, I saw demons in a lot of places and doing a lot of things. And um, there were there were just a, it was just a lot an an excessive amount of warfare. Okay, and as I continued to fight, as I continued to believe. Um, when there really was no other reason to believe, after all the key relationships that had been stripped from me and everything else and wondering why and asking God why questions, I still prophesied what He said to me. It is all I had left and I would not leave it go. Are Are you catching this, guys? No matter what happened to me, no matter how heavy the darkness got, my heart would not leave go of the dream that the Lord revealed to me that I would be standing in front of thousands of people. Okay. And on top of that, I hear the Lord saying these strange things to me when I have no reason to do certain things. One of them was, I want you to pack a suitcase because I'm sending you. (laughs) And you know, Jesus has a sense of humor sometimes. Um, he has an excessive way of humiliate bringing out humility in you to wait on the Lord in ways that, you know, there's, there's no warfare manual that can substitute the Lord's voice. But he's, he told me to pack a suitcase and I had this suitcase packed. It was, it was somewhere between six and 12 months. I can't remember exactly, but I have this suitcase. Every time I walked into my closet, I have this suitcase with clothes Packed in there, and my wife, you know, my wife is, you know, we're like, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, he's sending me, I'm going, I'm going, right? And, you know, lo and behold, you know, everything shifts in one night, in one night after several years of major warfare. And, you know, I, I can go on, I, I, I could tell that season of my life, I could tell you stories that would make your skin crawl in terms of. You know, why do you still believe? Why did you still hold on to what the Lord said? Um, But all I can tell you is in one night, everything changed. The the, the Lord started to give me dreams of of India. Um, He started putting cloths on me, a a, a new cloth on me. He gave me a page, a single page book that said, raise the dead, heal the sick, cast out devils and baptize. Um, And he said, a man from India will call you. And I was to go. And I woke up, and I knew something. And I knew it was different. Everything shifted. And seven days later, a man from India called me. I didn't know anybody from India. Okay, so when this guy calls me, it's at the end of a desert. It's about. It's like Jesus coming out of the desert in the power of the Holy Spirit, having held on to the Rama, knowing that the Lord is is the He's the living God, right? And and that uh, the voice of God is your only source of power. And so, you know, when I, um, never in my wildest dreams could I have fathomed or wrapped my mind around what the next five years were going to be after coming out of that season. Because as of now, which is six, six years after coming out of that season, um, the the revelation, the wisdom, the degree of insight of what the Lord reveals to me, what he talks to me about, how to teach the kingdom, how to, um, you know, go where he sends me to impart the Holy Spirit and just seeing the, the, the gift of prophecy imparted and, and deliverance and healing and the supernatural. I mean, never in my wildest dreams did I ever think that there'd be 160,000 Hindus now praying in the Holy Ghost, baptized in the Holy Ghost because of that season. Other than believing that one seed that I was that I would that I would stand and prophesy in front of thousands of people, never in my wildest dreams did I think that there would be over six thousand pastors in India who now pray in tongues and prophesy and minister in the power of the Holy Spirit to their congregations right I mean, just go through that multiplication if each pastor has a thousand I'm sorry if each pastor has a hundred people i mean that's that's what six hundred thousand people that's that's supernatural, right but that's the that's the power of believing, but it's also the revelation of the difference between you holding on to an anointing and what the Lord is saying versus dead mundane church, okay dead mundane church cannot reproduce it actually just forces the same type of doctrinal control on the next generation. And so I just encourage you guys. um, You know, Peter said it this way, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, resist him steadfast in faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood around the world. And so you resist him steadfast in the faith, right? Right. Anytime Satan comes, it's to steal your seed. It's to steal the prophecies, dreams, and visions that have the ability to reproduce. And so you have to realize it's not if he's going to come, it's when. And actually, Jesus oftentimes is trying to break you out of a curse. He's trying to break you out of a generational limitation. And so you're struggling with it all the time, thinking that that you just had a you, you, that why woe is me why is the devil after me when in reality the demons are actually in you and need driven out of you because there's a curse that needs broken, right? And so realizing that you should enter to, enter the war. With an expectation that you should be casting devils out, you should be having curses broken, you should be receiving words of faith from the Lord that counter and break the grip of the darkness, right because without the prophecy, without the dream of the Lord, there's nothing that literally separates the demonic from your heart okay if 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 prophecy doesn't come and uproot, destroy, and tear down the darkness. Where is the kingdom going to rest in your heart? If there's a demonic stronghold that literally keeps you bound in oppression, bound in certain sicknesses, bound in generational types of diseases. Amen? Amen. So we've gone through a lot today. um, But you've got to take captive your thoughts. You've got to take captive Repetitive, destructive thoughts and cap, uh, forms of captivity that Satan bring brings against you. Right? We talked. We talked about Second Corinthians chapter ten, verse three to six. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Right? We do not war according to, um, you know, scripture memorization. We don't war according to trying to be good. We war realizing that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but they are mighty dunamis in dreams, visions, and prophecy for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. What is the knowledge of God? The knowledge of God comes from knowing God. And when you know God, he speaks to you in dreams, visions, and prophecy. That's what Paul was trying to articulate here, that you prophesy with iskas power, and you reiterate to your soul. You reiterate to yourself as you're speaking outwardly to the to the world what you are, and that actually is the weapon, the ultimate weapon of warfare against the lying voice that comes against you. Amen. Lord, I just I pray right now in the name of Jesus. Lord for every person listening, Lord I pray in Jesus name for the supernatural power of wisdom, revelation and deliverance to come upon Lord the people. Lord let the grace of peace, let the grace Lord of just just the just the uh, embrace of the kingdom. Lord let the let the simplicity of the gospel Be made new into the hearts of every person hearing right now in Jesus' name. Let the simplicity of what you are trying to articulate, Lord, to your New Testament church that was simplified simplified in receiving the Holy Ghost, trusting the Holy Ghost, hearing the Holy Ghost, and following the Holy Ghost into the world. Lord, in every way that false doctrine has infiltrated the church and rendered it powerless, shifting the church to become bible worshipers instead of worshipers of almighty god embracing the anointing and the power of the holy ghost lord i pray for deliverance deliverance from from religious limitation and deception of the evil one lord the subtleness that uh, that that uh, doctrine uses to make the church scripture dependent and not Holy Ghost dependent. Lord, I pray, I release a shift right now in the name of Jesus, that the revelation of the war between the Antichrist and the anointing is is not the Antichrist in the Bible, but the Antichrist and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And I pray, Lord, there would be a simple revelation of the embrace of the anointing of Almighty God, the anointing of the Holy Ghost, and that every dream, vision, and prophecy would buy, would be how they um, rise up to wage warfare. As Paul told Timothy, by your prophecies, wage war. I, I pray to, I, and prophesy to every person. I impart a, a heart of faith to hold on to your prophecies, dreams, and visions. And to wage war by them. Knowing that Satan fears one person who becomes what the Lord says they are. I just I just release faith to you that no matter um, how troubled or how broken or whatever the junk is that, that you came out of, that the grace of God is going to reveal the days of restoration for you, the days of of peace, righteousness and joy in the Holy Ghost and the days of domination, the days of warfare over your enemies. Lord, I pray for every person right now in Jesus name that you would give them vision and insight as to the curses that still work in their bloodline and haunt them. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord, for the demons to be revealed that have blinded the hearts and kept people from the fullness of the holy ghost because they fear the anointing they fear the anointing i break that lie i break that grip right now in jesus name and i just i just release the fullness of revelation of the holy ghost and i prophesy over you the devil is afraid of what you're about to become guys the devil is afraid of what you're about to become because You were born to cast out devils, heal the sick, raise the dead, preach the true gospel, the rhema word of the Lord, knowing that it is what reproduces. And you too will raise up an army. You too will raise up sons and daughters who will pray in tongues and prophesy and release the supernatural power of heaven on earth. In the name of Jesus. Amen, guys. Have a great week. Pray like your life depends on it. Pray like, like you know you have a call of God on your life. And remember, your assignment is this his power. Write down every dream, prophecy, um, and vision the Lord has given you. And you begin to map out. Your identity according to the word of the Lord. And the devil is shaking in his boots at what's going to come off of your tongue. Because that is the ischis power that Paul decreed that you would wage war with and that you would win. If you pray in that manner, you will win. I just encourage you guys, prophesy, rededicate your lives, reset your uh, daily um. Uh, time with the Lord to include prophesying what he has already spoken into your life.
0: Amen. All right. Have a great week and uh, we'll see you again next time. Thank you for joining this week's episode of The School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to DavidCuppet.org, davidcuppett.org, D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G, or fivestoneministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.